0: The king of common sense, the sage of Southern Nevada, your favorite cisgender radio host, Sam Urjofsky here, the What's Right Show, News Talk 840, KXNT, and happy Monday, friends. I'm glad to have survived this weekend. We went down to Newport uh, to visit family. And friends, uh, so I was down there with my family and, uh, and had a great weekend. But on top of the three-hour show that we had on Thursday, and, of course, a busy radio week and lawyering week for me uh, has resulted in my voice being less than optimal. So bear with me. This is the best I can do today. I think, well, friends, by the way, the, the election... Uh, but there is the elections coming up. We have midterms, what is it, 40, 40 odd, 42 days away. And I expect, and you can expect as well, a ramp up of speculation on how this all will go down. I think, for one, and I've, I've said this here before, that the election's not necessarily predictable by anyone. In particular, uh, I think the polls, well, the polls do show a tightening, right? At first, we had polling that showed a wide and comfortable Republican advantage, which, of course, quickly eroded over the past several months and showed, in fact, a Democratic edge in many key contests. And now, again, seeing the polls perhaps tighten and swing the other way, uh, the factors, of course, that are being talked about, are numerous. And it's going to be a battle of the factors of issues that matter to voters, I think, more than, of course, the individual candidates themselves. Remember a few weeks back, I played, oh, maybe two weeks ago now, I played the clips of the, the guy, the, the Obama guy that went around the country. He did a number of focus groups and he, he brought you know, young people together, young voters, people in their 20s or so. None of whom really knew who their congressperson was. None of them who knew what the election was were surprised to learn there was a midterm election. So for a lot of people who talk about elections, talk about politics, we're all in it. We're focused on it. So the midterm election, when it's an off year, when there, when we don't have a presidential race to draw attention to election day, frankly, the truth is it's a race that's decided uh, by people who are politically interested and politically active. Now, pundits on the left are convinced that, in my view, all the wrong issues are what's going to drive their voters to the polls. One of the most perplexing things, I saw this bit, you know, Bill Maher had one of my favorite blowhards, Michael Moore, on his program. And, and Moore, of course, you know, he's the filmmaker uh, you, you you're you're familiar with his his stuff, and 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 by the way, Moore is one of those people who early on predicted in 2016 that Trump was going to win, and uh, you know he was one of the few liberals that was willing to admit and see that there was a palpable shift in the country, which is why I think his call because his premise, of course, is that this is going to be a landslide victory for the Democrats. I personally couldn't disagree more, uh, pun intended. I could not disagree more because, frankly, uh, as I see this, the election right now, I mean, this economy is hurting people. And you cannot underestimate the power that that has on individual voters. Now, will those individual voters be aware of an election happening? And how will that anger shake things up? So here is, I want to play this clip here and set this up because this is Michael Moore uh, talking to Bill Maher about this and explaining, he's he's jubilant, talking about how he's convinced, this is Friday night, convinced that it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be a landslide victory for the Dems. I have never felt this optimistic and i and you know i was on your show here when i said that trump was going to win and uh the audience booed me and you stood up for me um i was just saying what i look i'm out i'm around I, you know i'm from the midwest i think i had a pretty good sense of what was going to happen i think the opposite's going to happen this time i think that there is going to be such a landslide Against the traitors, especially the 147 Republicans, who just hours after the insurrection voted to not certify the elected president of the United States, Joe Biden. Does anyone actually care about January 6th the way he's describing it? See, it's one thing to predict the an outcome of, of a race, then I want to hear your why. That's the fascinating part. Now, the, what's getting a lot of press, of course, is Michael Moore's appearance. I, I'm seeing it across all the usual channels that Bill Maher told him to shut the F up after his five-minute diatribe. But that's not the real story. The real story is that Michael Moore thinks that it's going to be a landslide, one. And two, he thinks that Joe Schmo, regular American, you and I paying our bills, that we give a rat's rear end – about an event that happened 2 years ago that the other side has blown way out of proportion. And that that is a bigger issue than I don't know, double digit inflation? Gas prices soaring? The stock market now below 30,000 for the first time in years. I mean these are real issues. Let me tell you, employment numbers are going to begin to suffer, and they're softening already. There is a lot of stuff occurring economically. And I, I've i looked at the polling. By the way, there's data to back up what I'm saying, and I'll share that with you as we progress through the program today. But reminding you that there is, even on the subject of abortion, immediately following... The decision from the Supreme Court in Hobbes, which more or less overturned a uh, framework set out by uh, the, uh, the existing framework on abortion, uh, so the, the, the gist of it is the numbers are that there is a small percentage, 15% or so, of voters that are primarily driven by that issue. That's a small number. And so it's in this context, and by January sixth doesn't even register, okay, as a as a driving force in people deciding what you know what's going to happen. So so is the you know is the Republican brand so tarnished as Michael Moore suggests? Are people going to do what happened in the early nineties? in Canada he, he mentions this later in his rant he says you know in Canada they won year, 1993 they booted everyone out of power every last conservative except for three They kept three of them and we could have something like that happen here he believes it's happening I, this is delusion friends absolute delusion Now, is it going to be a Republican landslide? It ought to be, and it probably won't be, in part because the Republicans have bungled this, as I've mentioned time and time again, too little too late last week from Kevin McCarthy defining what a Republican win would mean for average Americans, a failure to do that, to nationalize this race, to identify issues that matter to voters and make a, I guess, (laughs) <laughs> Explain a story around the Republican brand uh, should have been done months ago. Nonetheless, that's going to be the real issue. but I, I tell you, it's the economy stupid. It is going back to 1992, going back to Bill Clinton, going back to the way the, you know, even even when people liked an incumbent candidate and, and thought a lot of his policies were it's the economy dictates a lot of what people do. Now, speaking of the Clintons, there's one thing we have to do as we're getting close to the midterm is look prospectively forward. And for the Democrats, because they fail to do this from time to time, they, and looking forward, sometimes they will look back. I'll explain what I mean when I return. Sam Urzhovski, The What's Right Show, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Storm watch for Florida, Tampa, right in the track of a major hurricane. What does this mean? Uh, well, Politically, could mean a few things. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right show. Now, this is a Category 1 storm, and I've talked to some friends in Florida and basically on the ground there, uh, despite what the media is saying, it's kind of a yawn. They're used to worse. One of my friends told me, you yeah, know, we don't really begin to worry until it's a Category 3 and of course, the storm could pick up uh, a bit of steam as it heads in. But the issue here, of course, is that Governor DeSantis has to look like he's in control. And in fact, uh, because everyone's rooting for him to fail, yes, he's in the middle of a re-election fight. We got you know November's coming up, so he needs to get re-elected as governor before he thinks about 2024 and this presidential run. Uh, This is a very important time and bad timing, frankly, for any kind of major storm. So that's why there's a big national emergency. People are talking about it. And in fact, I will tell you, expect the press on these hurricanes. It's not weather reporting, right? There is religious fervor mixed into all of this blather about the environment and about global warming and climate change and everything. And, 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 you know, you see this by the way, and how they testify. I mean, they are willing uh, under oath to testify that these storms are getting worse and more numerous when, in fact, the data itself shows quite the opposite. So, again, I'm, I'm hoping everything here in Florida goes well. Uh, it looks like the governor has mov- mobilized uh, and declared a statewide uh, emergency and has mobilized forces to, to make that, um, you know, mitigate whatever damage comes Uh, Florida's way you know I I think I mentioned a few weeks ago I was there I went up to Orlando had a meeting in Orlando and then drove down to Miami and then flew home back to Vegas for Miami but I you know what the reason I drove I don't know if I mentioned this on air but the reason I drove is because there was a major storm and, and our flight kept getting pushed back and the wife and I were at the airport. In Orlando, we just kept watching our flight, you know, go from it's like four o'clock to five o'clock to, and then we, in, because of the storm that was unpredictable, the flight that was picking us up hadn't even taken off from its, you know, from its original destination. So we said, you know, screw this, we're going to drive. So we <laughs> we go and we we go rent a car, you know, and and we get in the car and we're driving and and I understand we have we can here in Vegas, have some torrential rain during monsoon season. And it can be very dangerous, yes? This rain that I experienced, this was not a, a hurricane. This was just a, you know, a regular, it was a regular A-money-money show, all right? Uh, a, a storm, excuse me. And it was it was just a plain old storm. And I'm telling you, this rain, we were driving on that, Flat, you know, freeway, and the, the the rain that was coming, you couldn't see. So I can't imagine even what a Category One storm would be like. Uh, yeah, we got to, yeah, we got to Miami safely. You know, nothing, no, no, no real problems. And those, you know, they've got it all figured out with drainage and whatnot. But, but still, a wild experience for sure. Now, uh, we have the election coming up, midterms coming up in forty or forty odd days or so. But it's already right now. As soon as the midterms are over, the next big big election, of course, is going to be twenty four. And this is one of the one of the critical things is: Will Biden run? And you, you know, he gave the gave the. Uh, Answer that you know we will see and we'll figure it out. But I'm you know I'm healthy as a horse and just look at me wander around stages and shake hands with people that are invisible and not there. Um, I'm I'm capable, or so goes the uh, the official narrative from Biden himself. I believe internally, and this is really important. I believe internally there is a frantic movement to get rid of Biden ASAP following the midterms. They don't want to do it before the midterms because of course party unity and all that. Uh it's a it's a weak hand to play. The other problem that they have is if you get rid of Biden, who becomes the presumptive nominee? The one thing I have to mention here is it, that's, that's of, of critical importance is that the Democratic Party operates differently than the Republican Party. And ironically, the Democratic Party is not as democratic internally as the Republicans are. Now, what I mean by this, of course, is all these superdelegates that played an enormous role back in 16 in nominating, selecting, I think is the better word, Hillary Clinton at the expense of Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie was the the uh, the primary voter's choice. And for all the talk of there being disunity within the Republican Party today, one thing you, you absolutely have to know is that the Democratic Party is in far worse shape. There is enormous tension between the radicals, the socialists, and we're not even calling them these are. New radicals, new socialists—the ultra woke of the party—we'll call it the AOC wing. But it's not just AOC; it's not just the Squad. I mean, we're talking about an enormous contingent, a large contingent of would-be Democratic Party primary voters. Right, the most engaged, kind of high-level, uh, you know, politically active a ground roots you know uh, grassroots uh, you know part of the party and these are these are folks that you know that that are keenly interested in putting more radical candidates forward now the party of course has power over the people meaning they uh, thanks to their super delegate scheme and how they how they process their primaries have some degree of influence over who the party candidate is and i believe strongly and i've said this now i've you know mentioned this to you before i mean they, they are they're panicked about this because biden was their their nice guy to win right he was the, he was the one that the party leadership wanted in 16 excuse me in 20 but now it's 22 biden's i mean he, his popularity ticked up a little bit recently but it's it, it's it's an it's not working and the great hope of Kamala Harris being the heir presumptive, well, that's not working either. So what are they doing? What's the plan? Who comes in? Believe it or not, <laughs> this is, they're actually seriously thinking of digging up Hillary Clinton and you know, dusting her off and, and putting her back in. And And by the way, what does that tell you? That is how bad it is because... The only other viable candidate that's, well, that's announced his intent to run is Gavin Newsom, who I don't think is going to, is not the kind of character who who draws and wins Pennsylvania or Michigan in a general election. I mean, the, the, the dislikability of Newsom, the, he is the face of... Uh, democrat mismanagement i i mean he, he does not have a track record that, that that's got any kind of win so here is i you know and i i'm gonna i, I need to i need to say this because it's I, I understand it's dick morris and dick morris those of you who don't know is a long time uh, you know uh, clinton ally and operative within uh when, when the Clintons even before they got into the White House. And Dick Morris is a longtime Republican, but he's was very close to the Clintons. And then of course I think he had a bit of a, a falling out, and eventually, you know, became a big critic of the Clintons. So that's the that's the that's the background. Nonetheless, Dick Morris understands how the Clintons operate. So here are his remarks Uh, the other day, talking about the likelihood of Hillary Clinton running. They're planning to dump Biden. And I believe the person that's going to be the Democratic nominee is none other than our friend Hillary Clinton. I think that once Biden pulls out, the polling will show that the Democrats are leaning towards some crazy radical like Gavin Newsom or Bernie Sanders or maybe even AOC herself. I think that's going to drive the Democratic Party leaders to go to, to go to Hillary and say, hey, look, please run again. We need you to save us from the crazy left. Otherwise, we'll have Sanders as our candidate, we'll lose Congress by a ton, and we'll get wiped out in the presidential race. Please run. And she's preparing the groundwork for it. This is unbelievable. Again, imagine this. Hillary Clinton. Maybe we have a little Gavin Newsom in the mix. All of that. And then the question is, who do we run? I want to talk about that earnestly when I come back. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Frightening news out of California. A man was arrested yesterday, allegedly plotting an attack inspired by the October 1st shooting here in Las Vegas. Uh, That anniversary, of course, uh, coming up later this week. Uh, Look, friends, this is uh, frightening stuff. I'm glad the police figured this one out. Chico Police Department sent in the SWAT team, arrested Dallas Marsh, 37, after obtaining evidence of his plot. Uh, this is uh, hopefully, um, yeah. Hopefully, this guy uh, they figure it out and uh, and he gets what he, what's what's rightfully coming his way. This is not okay. Um, anyway, Samerchowski, News Talk Eight Forty KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right show. Now, right before the break, I I played that clip. Dick Morris, the former Clinton uh, Politico, and well, he was a an operative within the Clinton White House, predicting that Hillary would be drafted into the race for 24. What's the lineup? What's the Democratic Party lineup? Who are they going to bring in? Because we already know that the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has said that if Biden doesn't run, I'm in. He's on the record with that. So who are the potentials? Well, you've, you, you, so you certainly have him. This is assuming Biden doesn't run for re-election. I, I'm telling you folks, you got to believe me on this. <laughs> there, there is a, after the midterms, there will be a full court press to have Biden declare that he won't want run for re-election. The reason they'll want him to declare it and by them, I mean, of course, the, the powers that be in the Democratic Party is because they will want to clear and open the field and, and get, obtain and, uh, you know, inspire as many candidates as they can to, to come out of the woodwork. It's not even about that really. They want the candidates that they believe are viable to have the opportunity to raise enough money to face off against whoever the GOP nominee will be in 24. So really what it does is it comes down to the reality that the Democrats understand that they can't wait. They can't afford to lose months, let alone a year, for Biden to say, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, because fundraising is of critical importance. Now, what's – okay, so that's the, that's the Democratic Party lineup. The Republican lineup, of course, is uh, Trump, DeSantis. Possibly Yunkin, who was the governor in in uh, in, in, in Virginia. Now Yunkin just barely got in, and remember, by the way, Yunkin was it was an unexpected uh, victory because he, it, yeah, the race was was skewing toward toward the Democratic side, and then it was the suburban moms upset over schools, upset over all the crazy. Gender indoctrination, upset about school closures during COVID, and, and they ultimately swayed the race. Now, Youngkin's – I don't know. You know what? He's kind of an unknown. So I describe Youngkin – anybody that's, that's saying, yeah, I'm thinking about that Youngkin guy, that's what, what it's just like saying, well, I'm going for other. Because really at this point, it's still a, a, a binary choice almost between DeSantis and Trump. Now Trump, look, Trump. Let's let's back up here. Trump still is the person most likely, if the primary was held today, uh, to to eke out a win. DeSantis, of course, is uh, in the midst of a reelection fight in Florida. He's being challenged by Charlie Crist, who was. Uh, you know, a, a former uh, senator in the state, and and so he's, and a former governor. I think Chris was governor for a period of time in Florida before. So, at any rate, he's got that election fight on his hands. The question, of course, is, you know, where does the party go in the coming year? Now, my job here is to, well, is to is to keep you ahead of the curve and let you know what's going on beyond just the immediate news cycle i mean we are a current events driven show the news of the day does to some extent inform what we talk about but it's also important to get beyond the headlines and to go and look you know kind of prospectively forward so that you're the most educated person in your circle and know what's up and to that end i sense that in the coming months, there will be a shift in the Republican Party toward DeSantis. And this is not a rebuke of Trump in any way, shape, or form. Trump is going to be, for better or for worse, he's distracted by all this immense crap that has been thrown on him by uh, the FBI, the Justice Department, the New York State Attorney General. And I've, you've heard me here, I've, I've explained to you why these cases... And criminal prosecutions are, in many ways, are, 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 are targeted, right? And are, are abusive, perhaps, even, of the, um, the, the legal process. But they are there nonetheless. And they're not going to go away in, in, in a matter of months. They're just not. One observation I have of Trump, too, going back to the impeachment process... Is that he, uh, he's a fighter, and there's no doubt that if there's anyone who can take all of this incoming fire and, and absorb it and still manage to plod forward, it's him. The problem with Trump is that his messaging, when hes and, and it's I think it's absolutely understandable when you get attacked like this you get angry and resentful. And some of his messaging at a time when we ought to be uplifting and unifying and getting people excited for what a Republican victory could mean for the American people, my concern is that in the coming months, Trump's messaging will be more about him and less about us. Now, if I was advising him and he were in a mood to listen, what I would tell him is it cannot be about him. I know he has this feeling that he has to fight every falsehood and, 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 and in, the, in, in the world of public perception, you know, clap back at every criticism. But this election in 24, the Republican Party cannot make the same mistake that it made going into the midterms here. We have to make this election about the issues that, that matter, and there are so many that matter, from, from public safety to, to the international scene, our, our, our securing our border, fixing immigration. We, ha- we have to absolutely take on this insane gender-woke ideology that's being pushed in our schools and through other institutions. We have to fight critical race theory. We have to we have to make the military about being a lean, mean fighting machine and not some, you know, college campus and an Ivy League school. Uh, friends, we need to even claw back those schools and 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 have our, our higher education be more about teaching history, skills, economics, and less all the social justice stuff. We have a lot of work to do. Those are the issues that I know will propel voters, not just Republican voters, but frankly, middle of the road Americans to the polls and vote and unify behind a candidate who they believe will actually make a difference in all this. Now, I will take whatever candidate comes along with that message that is able to rally and convincingly, uh, you know. Comfort me into knowing that they are they they believe this and will practice it. I look at Yunkin and I say, I I mean, he's won one election and, and he's been fairly quiet. And and frankly, as soon as he got into office, he began disappointing some of his voters by not following through with all of his promises. Then I look at a guy like DeSantis and I say, This is a guy who means what he says. He's been consequential. He's drawing fire. There's a reason why Gavin Newsom keeps pushing to debate him at this point. It's just, by the way, no benefit, of course, to DeSantis to debate debate Newsom right now. The only benefit would be to Newsom to raise his profile nationally and make him the top contender should Biden choose not to run. But what I mean by all this, why this all is important— is that we, as the Republican Party, we've got a fantastic alternative to Trump should he get too distracted and lose focus of the fight at hand, which is unfortunately not his fight. The fight is our fight to reclaim the White House and to, to, to seize control of the executive branch and, and start fixing our country. Energy, another issue I forgot to mention, but obviously of critical importance, you know, We could lower gas prices. The Trump agenda would immediately begin to ease gas prices without having to release any of our strategic petroleum supplies like, like the Biden administration has done. So these are all, there is so much going on right now. By the way, I want to mention too, give an update on some of the, the mechanics here, which is important to understanding where fundraising numbers are. Because these do tell a story. I'm going to get to that when I come back. But friends, I am optimistic. Here's the takeaway. I'm optimistic that the Republican Party has uh, good potential candidates for 24. And I look at the Democrats and I see their field. And if they're digging up Hillary Clinton and talking about Gavin Newsom as alternatives to Joe Biden and we have Kamala Kamala Harris somewhere in the mix, I look at all of that and I say there is – this is an election that we can win. Well, put another way, of course, it's an election that is ours to lose. And that, my friends, we cannot afford to do. I'll be back in a moment. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. <laughs> Sam News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right show. Edward Snowden. Remember him? The NSA contractor who uh, became a whistleblower and accused, of course, of spying. Uh, fled to Russia, where he's been since 2013. Well, today, he was given citizenship by Vladimir Putin. Now, uh, Somewhat awkwardly, this is the same day that we're learning that hundreds of thousands of able-bodied Russian men are fleeing the country to the point that, by the way, it's unbelievable. There's, the Kremlin has sent apparently has sent the FSB, the secret police, to lock up the border to Georgia because men are, f- are, are, are crossing at this point the border. They're crossing by, by foot the the queues the lines of cars are miles and miles long and so people are getting out with their with small little suitcases and literally running trying to run out of the country so troops have set up a checkpoint so i guess i wonder if now that edward snowden has been made a russian citizen if he'll be conscripted into the new army that putin is desperately building um could be uh something to consider Uh, i also read and this is uh, interesting news over the weekend china did a rare public rebuke of putin's efforts in uh ukraine and they've always been for the most part pretty ambivalent in their in expressing you know support of course and calling you know standing by uh putin and russia and one of their foreign ministers, I believe, speaking at the United Nations, uh, said that this is this really this conflict needs to needs to reach a peaceable con- conclusion, and that the Ukrainians and the Russians need to get together and hammer the deal a deal out. That's a big you know that's a big statement. And of course, this at the same time that Turkey threw cold water on this, and India, another ally. …of the Russian Federation saying now is not a time for war, that from directly from the Prime Minister of India, Modi is his name, uh, Putin's got to be pretty isolated. So at the same time, yeah, he's, I mean he's conscripting. He's, people are saying he's trying to raise a million soldiers, uh, so he's forcing people to join the military. Absolutely insane stuff. So we're following that story. I'll give you updates as they occur. Now, I was going to talk about fundraising because this is always a key indicator. I saw some eye-watering uh, numbers uh, from DeSantis. And this, friends, I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that he was somewhere around $100 million. Uh, this was maybe a couple months ago. Uh, there, yeah, okay, so the last available number that I have is $170 million. Hundred said That's about a month ago. This is this is a staggering amount of money. Remember when I mentioned why the Democrats will be keen to have Biden declare himself not a candidate as soon as possible because they want, they need to have some front runners come along that will be able to raise money. I mean, this is this is this is what they're going to have to fight. So this um, this so and I'm, I'm looking, by the way, the, the interesting thing is to is to look at uh, Trump, of course, has raised 500 million since the 2020 presidential election. Now, some of that is getting gobbled up with legal fees. And I think I mentioned that he hired a top lawyer. I don't know if I mentioned to you that that guy demanded to be paid upfront because of course, Trump has a, a history sometimes of not paying his. Uh, contractors and and attorneys, so he you know there's there's a lot of this money's being used to to frankly to to fight the fight, but that's I mean the, on the Republican side it's just important to note the amount of fundraising that's out there. Save America Leadership Pact has raised over a hundred million dollars in the twenty two election cycle, so it, it's. I I mean I and do you think and is Biden raising any kind of this money the f- fact of the matter is not and and at this point I'm not sure if uh, well I know Newsom is is making noise that he's going to run but he's he's certainly well he's certainly um he's certainly not not anywhere near this because he's just testing the waters They're acknowledging, right? They are publicly now acknowledging that Biden sunk. And that's an important part of this. Uh, Jen Psaki mentioned this over the weekend. You know, she's now an MSNBC contributor and a journalist, quote unquote. And she put out a, you know, they're talking to her about the midterms. And of course, mentioning the factors that people will vote if it's a referendum on Biden. Democrats will lose. Now, I remember Jen Psaki was the uh, chief spokesperson for the Biden White House for the first uh, big chunk of the of, of the last two years, and here is what she said. Now, now notice this. I mean, she's saying, "Look, if, if it's about the if it's about Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Republican side, you know, extremists, then that's one thing. But if it's going to be Biden." Uh Oh, look, I think that Democrats, if the election is about uh, who is the most extreme, um, as we saw, you know, Kevin McCarthy touch on there with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll say her name sitting over his left side, then they're going to win. If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. And they know that. The Democrats know that Biden's not helping. They know he's dead in the water. And they understand, by the way, they fear Kamala Harris. They know she's even less competent and even less smart uh, than than Biden himself. And so this is a th- this is a real pickle that they're in. So the only way that they're trying to gin up support right now at this point in fundraising is, of course, they've used an exhausted January 6th. That's Been there, that horse continues, that dead horse continues to get beat. And then, of course, they are talking very loudly about Roe and the Hobbes decision and abortion rights. Now, Republicans would be smart to either find a compromise or get out of the way and make it a state's rights issue. This is not, this election right now in, in, in midterms and in 24, these are federal elections. They should have just taken the decision in, in Hobbes and said, look at the decision. It says it's the state's right issue. It's off our plate. So here are the ladies of The View. Oh, this was, uh, 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 I guess they had, uh, what, where was this? I'm looking at this here. Uh, so they had the, I thought it was on The View, this, this clip. But um, here they are talking about uh, Senator Graham. And uh, you've seen this, you've heard about this in the news. They're talking about how he, well, I'll play the clip. Lindsey Graham, who is more than doubling down, he is going further pushing a federal ban, a national ban on abortion. I want you to first help me understand, Republicans don't even support it across the board. He's dividing Republicans. It's not like you can get white evangelical voters to vote for you twice and now <laughs> right. you're knocking out a ton of other mm-hmm. potential voters and he's ignoring what happened in kansas yes yeah. you know it's like come on people and in so he, many other swing states oh i, I know mean, women and registering to vote and- the fact that Go he is it. telling women what to do with their bodies he's never mm-hmm. seen a vagina mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's never seen a naked woman and i'll leave it there friends gotta run sam rajofsky the what's right show back tomorrow